When it comes to EVE Online, every player wants to know the most effective tactic available. You want to know the meta. The meta controls everything. It determines what will and will not happen. Knowing the meta will alter your views, make you question your reality. It might even make you laugh. And now, you're part of it. You're watching The Meta Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Meta Show. Today is Saturday, June the 23rd. 2023 and new eden this week awoke to a sight it has not seen since october 15th of 2018 and that is a perimeter with no high sec keep star in it wow it's been a little crazy this last couple of weeks let me tell you how are you doing mark welcome i'm doing well you? brisk i'm doing Good. well it's uh you know, it's so sunny now in perimeter. I can, you know, with the, I can see the, well, I can't see the sun now on account of my dark sunglasses, but you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, the, you, you think the game can't surprise you and yet here we are now. And then it does. Uh, and, and a new and age, really, if you think about it. it. Does. You, yeah. Now, I would like to extend a meta show. Welcome to our, our, our friend, Villy. I would say our dear friend, but that's a political <laughs> term that usually means I hate you. So I guess maybe that, I mean, that might work, but, um, the last Getting called time, a friend on the meta show was always something that right? uh, should be received with care. The <laughs> last time Billy was on the meta show, it's on the screen right now was May of 2020. Man, look how a fireside show. And if you guys recall back in the day, Billy used to be a prolific meta show personality. He was here every week. Almost. It seemed like back when Imperial Legacy was a thing. And then what did you go and do? You go and have to start a war of extermination against us and then lose it. But now you're back. Well, listen, you know, can't be boy bro friends forever. Nothing in this, nothing in this life lasts forever as the tower has shown us that so eloquently true. this week. That is uh, true. Luckily, when I have a tendency to face plant an alliance or coalition, I do it with style and with pizzazz and I keep the whole galaxy entertained. And it has once again been shown quite eloquent, eloquently in this situation here. I you have know, to I, say, I, was, I give you credit. I mean, test has what now 60 members, maybe active. I think it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I haven't seen. I think they're doing okay though. They they've been on a little bit of a rebound lately, if I remember. But uh, definitely been a different alliance. But that was always going to be expected with uh, changing circumstances, changing leadership. Um, and you know, when when Test took its first uh, painful fall at the end of Fountain and moved to Losec, they were uh, they were in a pretty rough shape. Uh, at that point, and there's nothing to say that they can't, you know, rise from the ashes like a phoenix again. Uh, I've got faith in, you know, Sapo and the crew he's got over there. There's good people, and good people can always achieve great things if they put their mind to it. A hundred percent. Now, you've been in Pandemic Horde for how long? Uh, a year and a half, two years, I think. 
Do you are, do you have any leadership role over there? Or are you just uh, running first uh, Royal Fleet Corps? Or is that it, or do you have another role besides that? I just run my corps. Uh, obviously, I do some FCing intermittently here and there when they need somebody who can run something. Uh, but otherwise, that's the only thing I really do uh, with right. Horde. I, I you know I participate in PL BFL the kind of sig that's over in pure blind and that that's lots of good content but otherwise I, I stay out of the leadership stuff the the time in my life for spending ungodly amounts of eve uh per day is just I, that that time of my life is over i can no longer do what i've done let's say and that was one of the things that i think was one of the biggest criticisms of the tranquility trading co consortium was that potentially you could have all this isk rolling into people who aren't really that active right and that was something that people complained about. But how long did you run t the TTC? I mean, you're still running it now, right? So, so five years. Um, five years. So okay. I, I, I like I was the one who anchored the tower. I was the one. I was the only person holding director for basically the entire stint. Uh, so that it always ensured that in case test had a coup or a um, leadership change or problems, etc., there would be a situation where only one person held the keys, and I. I am one of those despicable e-honor Bushido people, so I was never going to let you know the people get screwed, and that was Damn going it. to. Uh, we were, I mean, we know, were hoping that that would be a thing. Like, if you would let the TTT go, my understanding from what uh, I believe oh CCP Swift said publicly was, if you had let the TTT, yep, yeah, if you had let the TTT go abandoned and drop all of the loot that was in it, Mark, how long was it? How long? 46 hours. It would take 46 hours for all of the loot to populate. That's how much shit was in the TTT. Do you know off the top of your head how many clones died when the clone bay went offline? Do you have that so information? So usually you get a mail, but for whatever reason, I did not receive a mail that uh, I'm shocked. X number of clones had been lost. So mm -hmm. obviously the tower mails, like all of the structure kill mail so far, have been bugged to some degree or another. So my guess is just either the size of the number was so large that they didn't, it, it just didn't generate or the, the system has just been breaking under the size of these kill mails, I guess. All right. So I wanted to walk everybody through because I want to be bluntly honest that the whole tale, and I hate to sound like Matterall here, but the whole tale of the rise of the TTC, the rise of the high sec, you know, the perimeter high sec keep star this is fascinating to me because this is something I think that's fundamental to EVE Online. This was a pure sandbox play, and it arose largely because of the creation of Citadels back in 2016. Now, Vili and I were laughing about this. If you all recall, and I don't know how many of you even remember him, this was f go back into your brain pile, and many of the longer-term goons will remember this. Wilhelm Arcturus got it exactly. The biggest anti-Imperium guy on the face of the earth, with the possible exception of Olmeca, even worse than Vili, was Gevlon Goblin. And Gevlon was, among other things, a prolific troll. And at the same time, he sometimes managed to come up with a couple of things that ended up happening. And if you look at this, this is an article that he wrote on his website, The Greedy Goblin, March 11th, 2016, 
while they were, before Citadel's even launched, before the Citadel expansion even launched, this was a conversation that was had amongst him and others about what would happen when players could throw down structures and create their own markets in various places. And he flat out said it. He said, based on the way that these, these, these structures would work, the amount of money entering entering the economy would be astronomical. And he used the, the February of 2016 numbers for it, but he calculated that under this, people would pay a 16.3 trillion-esque transaction tax over the course of a month and a 45.3 trillion-esque broker's fee. That 45 trillion-esque would go directly in the pocket of the person that ran these structures. And he said, well, what does that mean? It means that the Trade Hub Citadel would make all of this ISK, all of the risk, more ISK, more ratting, more ISK than all the ratters combined in EVE without even having to log in. And he was right. And then he went on to be, again, even more prescient and say that anybody that did this, any single entity that did this, would get completely destroyed by everybody else wanting to blow them up, which is exa exactly what happened. So, Philly, do you remember what between... Citadel's being dropped and you creating the TTC along with the rest of the NullSec um, autocrats. What was the stake of what was the state of market hubs in high sec back then? So I just want to clarify one point there because he's throwing out some pretty insane numbers and the, the final numbers. Yeah, yeah. They're a little, high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little <laughs> high. I give one was a little off. Yeah, yeah. I don't so, think you so ever like, made that much. No, the the strongest month the TTT ever had was 2.2 trill for, for the record that, that I can remember. So like when you talk about numbers like 45 trill, that's like pretty much insanity money. level numbers. Yeah. Uh, but 22 so, trillion esque is still not anything to sneeze at. 2.2. 2. 2.2 2 trillion. That's still yeah. not anything to sneeze at. No, no, so. it's, it's good money. It's it's It was very relevant money for running the the variety of coalition and alliance services that the various alliances involved needed. But when it came to the original situation, what had happened post-Citadel patch was you had had a number of groups, and I can't remember the name of the original person who had kind of been fighting and competing over the Fortizar markets in Perimeter. Was it still I Choose You back then? So there was somebody that preceded I Choose You. Preceded it, them, okay. It, it, was a, it was a person, I can't remember the name. It was like a mary or tom kind of name like something very simple um and they had been fighting with i choose you and horde had been coming in on the side of i choose you and they'd been fighting over these markets for many many months at this point uh high sec mercs coming in from various sides horde coming in from you know the top rope with gigantic fleets to support their associated side and it was resulting in just this very uh chaotic environment where you know a market would be up for you know, three weeks to a month, but then it would be taken down and replaced by another guy and then be up for three three weeks to a month and then replaced by somebody else and back and forth between I Choose You and some other groups. And this had went on for, I think, almost a year uh, before Test got involved uh, at the time because we had been, or ProGod more specifically, had been planning his campaign up north against Pandemic Horde and, and he deployed to Losec near Horde and he thought it would be a great opportunity to put some pressure on Horde by removing their income from the TTT. And as part of that operation, we killed the tower or killed the Fortizars that they had. And we were looking for a way to really uh, lock in our control more than uh, Horde had done. And 
at this point, it, it's kind of funny because you had mentioned Matterall earlier, but at the time, Matterall had been forced to unanchor his Ayan in Keepstar, and he had been Correct. talking about it on stream. And I think the process of him talking about it in the span of about an hour, we had bought it from him and ran it over to Perimeter, which is put five jumps away or something like that, and anchored it. So it was a very kind of like spur of the moment kind of thing. And it wasn't really originally planned to be what it was. It was just seen as this is a much stronger than a Fort Desire. It'll give us a much better opportunity to get fights at the time. So what had it? So how did this become a thing where suddenly you you were taking it away from Horde and the guys that they were messing with because Pro God wanted to go up north and fight them? When did it become this consortium of all the major nullsec powers together? How did that how did that come about? So the early TTD income wasn't anything insane. Like we're, we're, you control literally only the Plex market with the Keepstar at at this point. You know, there, there's limited. I don't even remember if skill injectors were at the game at that point, but like there's very limited, like anything else but Plex. So you're only talking about 300 to 400 bill a month kind of income, which is a lot. Don't get me wrong. I said like a strong rental region or something, but it, but it's not something that's like super, super, like everybody's got to be involved. Uh, and we're fighting with Horde over this structure a little bit. You know, they come in, they actually kill one of the tech two Tataras we dropped uh, so that you with, uh, I shouldn't say clever use of mechanics so much as, us not knowing the war mechanics well enough to uh, properly defend it. There's some strategies that that was back even... when Horde knew high sec mechanics, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was back when Horde knew high sec. Well, it wasn't Horde so much as it was, I think it might have been like Pirate or somebody else or I choose you. I can't remember. There was many points at which the Keepstar was reinforced and back and forth and back and forth. And eventually, I kind of came to the conclusion. And like Imperium had come uh, up at several points to assist in the big timers against NC and Pandemic Horde and such. And we were just like slugging it out in Ferroxes and Maelstroms and all kinds of shit, just trying to find the most efficient way to lose ships in high sick. And these were some pretty raucous fights. You're talking about just sitting in tie dye for five hours, losing a thousand Ferroxes per side kind of thing. And it was um, one of those things where you're just, it was a Zerg rush. Everybody was just instantly reshipping, grabbing another Ferox and going back and fighting again. Exactly, not the most, right? You, you, know, you not had the production most, facilities all right. over the place, like, like neutral, neutral production facilities uh, all over the place. Everybody's got minerals. Everybody's got BPCs for Ferroxes. They're not hard to make. They cost 60 mil, but they do so much. Like we tried Maelstroms at one point and they just got Zerged by Ferroxes. You know, somebody else tried Dominixes. They got Zerged by Ferroxes. It just became a Ferox versus Ferox war because when you're going to lose a thousand ships, it's better if those ships cost 60 mil versus like 200 or 250. Even if sure. those 250 mil ships give you some advantage, like you just can't compete with the insane level of economic value the Ferox had at the time. And it's important to remember, this is the Ferox that was not nerfed that we see now, right? The pre-nerf Ferroxes from back in the day. Actually, I think it's like pre like three different nerfs. But. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't be surprised. All right. So first of all, one, congratulations to my fellow goons who were able to win our first feeder match this morning for the Alliance Tournament. If you guys are watching the Alliance Tournament and watching the show, thank you. If you're not watching this show and you're only watching the Alliance Tournament, you're not hearing me talk right now. Fuck you. And if you're watching the Alliance Tournament and you're watching the show, you're great. So thank you. Keep doing that. But Real gamer. it's coming up yeah. next. Dark Shines and our boys over yeah. at Enid are coming up next. Let's hope that they can pull off their fight. Their, their match is actually going on right now. Is it happening? It right is now? actually right now. How yeah. is it going? It's a very even match, actually. They're All 25 right. to 23 points. Uh, you have you know, dual EOS, but Dark Shines is down in the Nighthawk. Uh, this is really hard to interpret, actually. So I, know I think, I pull this I think up initiative's in a position bit. to win, though. 
I think this yeah. is an initiative win. If I had to let's look at it, let's hope they pull it off. That would be very good. Let me let me pull this up, and we can talk while we're uh, watching this together. Um, I think Gosh. at the end of the day, the, the the bottom line for all of us is we love the Alliance tournament. We're happy that it's back, and uh, I'm hoping that we will get some very fun, good matches here. So here's in it and sugar while we're talking. So it is October of 2018. The high sec keep star is dropped. How long did it take from when you dropped it for it to start making the kinds of money that it was making a couple years later? Did it take a uh, while to ramp it up? It took a significant period of time. I think okay. almost six to eight months post uh, kind of agreement signed where everybody all of a sudden starts to feel secure about trade passing through the tower. Uh, one of the, the kind of things I've talked about when I talk about the TGD many times is that the, the tower itself was not just... Um, plex, as many people kind of uh, surmised, like it, it represented at least plex was prop plex and those service related things were absolutely half or more of the the towers kind of income, but a lot of like very high value uh, simple items were traded there, like the large scale injector market, for example, became very um, saturated. It was a lot of the CCP stuff, right? It was skins and extractors skins, and, yes. and injectors and plus Anything you could activate me. remotely, we absorbed right. giant parts of the market. Anything, okay. But also we absorbed large parts of the mineral market and the component market at, and moon material market at different points as well. Uh, just because generally people would refine those products at the refinery and then they would just warp back to the Keepstar. So it made it a very easy back and forth, back and forth, instead of taking that freighter through the gate into Jita, taking it to Jita, et cetera. So we absorbed various uh, levels of the market in a variety of categories over the time. And so bit by bit, it would ramp up and ramp up and ramp up and ramp up for the better part of, I would say, almost two years um, to the point where shortly before uh, the war itself kicked off, the TTT was probably in the range of, I don't want to say 1.5 to 1.7 trill. Somewhere in that in that okay. zone was kind of the average uh, monthly income. And that that had taken a significant period. And as I said, I think that the top month we ever had was 2.2. .2, and I can't remember what caused it that month. I think it was some CCP sale or something like that. But entirely you know, likely. Yeah, entirely likely. So so to to bet, I mean, to, to, to talk about this in general, so the TTC in general, the whole concept was put a structure up in perimeter that was more difficult to assail than a Fortazar and get some good content out of it. And then it morphed into this thing that became the replacement of passive income for a lot of the large null sec alliances. And so, so who, who joined in what orders? It started out as a test thing. And then who was next? Who came, who so did you guys bring in at that point? The original agreement was test horde and goons. That was okay. the, the three, when we signed the treaty, those were the three people signing. We made a nice little, fake lawyer document to be like i sign here <laughs> like th there those kind of things and um as we kind of proceeded through it there was no real uh other signatories added over time we would just uh add various protection contracts as we like to call them with uh, a variety of alliances through eve which included alliances like volta rocket crew obviously pirate and black flag um I'm trying to think of all the ones there, there's so many of them now that I think about it. Uh, but so essentially what, I mean, the way that it, I always, always explained it to people was anybody who was big enough to potentially disrupt operations was cut into it. 
to, to some degree, or we would identify who the most relevant party in a large group would be, and we would cut them in so that they couldn't bring in, like, so for example, like, if you bring in Rocket Crew, then you've basically um, removed the entire kind of Providence area of alliances, because they're not going to go out with go without their main kind of combat force. And much the same, Volt at the time was running a variety of other groups, so we cut, cut them out, or cut them in, so they removes their, them and, and their allies. Uh, Snuff, for example, at one point when we are running the low sec Q-star, removes them and their allies. And you, you just, bit by bit, you're able to keep large groups of the EVE population happy by paying off specific certain groups at the time. You know, standard kind of what bribe strategy right. i don't know what it's called well i mean essentially anybody that could that could mess with it you wanted to just cut in it was cheaper to to bring them in and give them a slight piece of the action rather than have to try to defend this thing over and over again from groups that could mess it up so it may i mean it makes perfect sense to me that i think was the biggest issue that a lot of people in eve had about the ttc was that this became a null sec feeder group it was simply a way for the null set guys to take money out of the game we were making obscene amounts of isk i don't think anybody really understood how much it was and i think when you think about it 2.2 trillion sounds like a lot that was the best month ever and it's still split between you know multiple multiple organizations so what do you think was the biggest single payout to any organization Uh, what was the most somebody would make well, I mean, in that month there, Tess would have pulled in nearly a trill. Okay. So that that so, would have been in, in the largest singular payout. Generally, uh, the way yeah. we we were we operated the wallet is every time it would hit a hundred bill, I'd try to split it. Uh, we we've changed it in more recent months to like we only did like end of month and mid month kind of payouts. But back when it was making a little more money, we would just every time the wallet hit a hundred or two hundred bill, I would do my best to pay it out. Uh, you know, to the various alliances. So. Now, Mark, how does this make you feel as a tiny little rich wormholer to know that these poor Nullsec guys were making so much more than you and your fucking blue loot? Does it hurt? Here's what I'm going to tell you about this. I That is truly so much money. Truly, truly, truly so much money. And it, it is, it's not surprising to me because it's not Nullsec money. It's Highsec money that the null seckers are just like gripping onto and keeping for themselves. Like we, let's not pretend that this is like the wealth of null sec being redistributed to the upper 1% of null sec landowners. Like this is high sec trade money. Like, well, well to yeah. be clear, this is CCP's trade money more than anyone else. Right. Cause that's fair enough. Undercutting. It was taking well, money they, away from the sinks is what it was doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 But the, the money wasn't being generated by all those, the hardworking, uh, null sec Ishtar crabs. It was being generated by Wallet Warriors and Jita, or I guess Wallet Warriors and Perimeter in this case. So, Correct. Uh, I'm, yeah, I mean, it's a fuck ton of money. I'm not going to pretend like it's not, which I could have gotten a cut of that money. My group is not that much smaller than Tess is, and Tess is getting cuts of this thing in front until the very end. So, now, like, Billy, I could take 100 billion ISK right now. Like, I could I could do something with that. That that pays my SRP for a year, baby. Most people could. <sighs> I could. I need, to, like, I need to put a market down, man. Now, Billy, some people in the chat are are challenging your claim that the biggest month was two point two trillion isk. Okay, uh, like, I, <laughs> like I, I don't know what to, uh, fucking funny. <laughs> I, like, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm not tracking months we ever made more than two point two trill. Um, and obviously, the Imperium had 
a somebody with wallet rights the entire time from basically the TGT's inception. And I'm sure. Well, your second in command was Imperium, right? I mean, pretty much, if I recall. Uh, well, there was really no second in command with the TTD, okay. but I ensured at all, like at all points throughout the TTD's operation, I did my absolute best to ensure transparency because generally agreements like this don't work unless everybody feels they can audit the way things are done. So if there was a month where we made more than that and I hadn't paid that out, then obviously people would have been like, uh, what the fuck, you know? So yeah I, I mean i've seen a variety of numbers i think oz put up one and it said like 2.4 or something at one point uh but the reality is I, i'm not tracking a month we ever made more than 2.2 uh, if i had access to the imperium numbers i would give them to you guys but i don't unfortunately I, and, and kazanir was supposed to be on the show today unfortunately he's in the mountains with his internet is spotty we were hoping we would have him so we could go over these numbers and challenge Villy if we thought he was bullshitting us but unfortunately, we don't have Kaz, so I, I don't have the ability to do that. I'll have to challenge him on other things, which we'll get to in a minute. But I wanted to ask one last question, because it was a question that was asked. Well, two more questions. What question was asked in the chat. At its height, how many groups were being paid out from the TTC? Uh, the highest number at any point probably would have been nine, I think. So okay. four, uh, no, it would have been ten. Uh, so the three main signatories, two production, four production plus one. So what, what, three, two, four, one. Yeah. So 10, 10. I got it. Okay. Now you have some of the biggest autocrats in the game together for a very long time. The Matani was, was, was in charge of the Imperium and he was our, our guy on the TTC and it became Asher. You had Gobbins, you had Vince, you had, I mean, you had, you had obviously yourself. When you left, I guess Balder took over for Test, but you were still running the thing. So during the war, was there any, was there any situation, any times where it felt like that this thing was going to crumble when, when things were in, in, a bad, in bad shape? Or, or was this, everybody was just happy to get their money and they weren't going to try to upset the apple cart even during the war? During the war, we always had kind of this weird conundrum where I think the... Oh, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. CCP, welcome. All of you who are watching the Alliance Tournament, we are here talking about the... Oh, my God. The, the, the failure or the destruction of the Tranquility Trading Towers with the CEO of the Tranquility Trading Consortium, Vili, in his first meta show appearance since May of 2020, before the Great War where he wanted to exterminate us. So we are having an interesting conversation here. Thank you all for joining us. And we hope you will stick around to uh, learn about what else happened during the rest of this week, because it was a very interesting week here at EVE. And congratulations to my boys in it and others who won their feeder rounds today. Now, was it, was it, was there a lot of, was, was there a lot of politics? Was it, I mean, I, I cut you off to say hi to our, our Raiders. Yeah, no, but, absolutely. And I understand that, you know, Hey, CCP, good stuff. And right. uh, good stuff. Good, good, good stuff to the initiative boys. You did well in that last match. They but, did. Um, I was very pleased. I'm sad that they had shot dark shines, by the way, you sons of bitches. But I, what else? You got to shoot the right person, right? You know, right. very wise uh, wormholer tactics, yeah. but no, no uh, less checks this time. So we're good. Throughout the course of the war, the TTT was, I don't want to say fragile, but I think there was this weird kind of environment that developed where I think the Imperium was not sure they could kill it. And at the same time, uh, the other side of the war was not sure they could defend it. Uh, so 
it, it hasn't been particularly talked about, but there's a number of ways to actually kill the Keepstar that require literally nothing more than a full fleet. Like, if you know what you're doing, yeah. you can literally just kill it. Like, so we weren't confident we can defend it, and I think the Imperium thought wasn't confident they could um, kill it. So there was a number of people throughout the war uh, that petitioned me to cut goons off, and there was a number of people uh, that, you know, wanted uh, the Imperium out of the agreement. And, and I'm not going to say that I held them in entirely because, you know, this is the way things were, but I, I just, I didn't feel that the income generated throughout the course of the war was hyper relevant to the Imperium. I, I thought the Imperium was uh, more than well off. I felt to a certain degree that the TTT should remain neutral. It should actually do what it's said it's going to do, which is stay out of NullSec wars. And I, I managed to keep it going through that. So I, I was pleased, regardless of the outcome, that it managed to survive it, and uh, it, it kind of worked out well in the end. Now, how consequential was the TTT income to your war effort and test during the war? Uh, so the TTT income for test, like pre-war and throughout the war, represented like, at some points, like 60 to 70% of test income. Um, wow. Yeah, know. what kind of question is that? It's like, I, it's, to, I want to know. I want to know. Hundreds of, risk is hundreds of billions of risk a month. But it's well, listen, not actually it was, that consequential uh, the, in the scale of some But this lives. is the it's whole thing. If, if, listen, for, for the it Imperium, was not, it was only it, like, you know, their fourth or fifth. It wasn't huge for us, right? and it wasn't huge for Horde, but it was huge what? for them, and it kept where them going. Was, where were goons getting all this money when they lived in a single system in Delve? I love you, Shines. Well, like, at that point, they were getting their money. That point, we weren't getting anything. That's they had industry oh, okay. tax, they had market tax, they had we still had market goon mining tax. tax, you know, like oh, they had, goons had a delve pre-war was yeah, the but... best established industrial region in the game without a shadow of a doubt to the factor of three, right? Let's be clear. And the amount of money that delve was generating at that point was still in the trillions of ISK. Yeah, and yeah, it was I one get constellation that, but... mark, you shit wormholer. No, okay. just say. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what, oh man, the constellation. Wow. So during the war, so, ah. so it's it's safe to say that the TTT kept test in the war longer than it would have otherwise, because you know that was the bulk of your SRP was coming out of 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 the TTT. So that's interesting. Absolutely, we were living paycheck to paycheck throughout the war, um, just trying to you know fund keep stars, fund SRP, fund a variety of war things, bonds. Right? Yes. Well. Right. That's how we paid them back, but certainly exactly. uh, it was uh, an important income source for test. So I want to fast forward. Matani leaves the Imperium in July of last year, and Asher takes over. And I know that Asher, for the longest time, was not a big fan of the TTT. But who in their right mind is going to look a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, potentially, you know, multi billion, multi hundred billion esque gift horse in the mouth and say, "Fuck this, we don't want it anymore." Wait, I know Shines did that, but I know most people would not have done that, and Asher didn't for the longest time. But I want to fast forward to February of 2023, when I think the unraveling of the TTC and the TTT finally really is where it started. So I'm going to throw up on the screen. This is a chat log from the internal conversations that the autocrats had in the Tranquility Trading Consortium's Discord. And this comes back, this is from February the 2nd, 2023. Asher proposes that, first of all, one, Villy needs to step down because Black Flag 
which was one of the organizations that the TTC had been hiring for a while to interdict other potential competitors in HiSEC, as well as protect the TTT, had been war decking a number of Imperium alliances, and we got fed up with it, and we're like, fuck this, stop it. And Asher believed that you were complicit in this. What is your response to that claim? Um, so there's not really much to it. So Black Flag at this point is the reborn version of Pirate, which everybody has known throughout the decades. Uh, so Main war, the, set, war, war deck group in EVE. Yeah, so they war deck everybody and they just go to town. Um, so in 2018, or when the original TTT agreements had been kind of ratified, uh, Test had reached some form of agreement with Black Flag. I, I honestly can't remember. And Horde had had an agreement with Pirate or Black Flag as well, based on their I Choose You agreements. I, I'm not privy to what the, that it, that uh, that situation was. So okay. I had never really thought about, you know, ensuring that the Imperium was taken off of Black Flag's war deck list. And if you see the other log, you can actually see me trying to sort through the problem with Rive, who was the Imperium uh, manager. Uh, to ensure that the issue would be solved. Uh, obviously, it never did get solved because nobody wanted to communicate, but I did everything in my power to resolve the situation. And I, I think in terms of the TTT, my conduct has been about as transparent as humanly possible. And so I, I did my best to allay any concerns, and that, that's really all I could do. All right. So... Asher demands, first of all, one, Villy must immediately step down and be replaced by an administrator that holds the confidence of all members. Second, he wanted to change the payout structure of the TTC insofar as Panfam and the Imperium would get an equal cut at the tier one level, the top level, and then secondarily, Winterco and B2 would get a, tier, a second tier cut and test would be removed completely because at that point, this was February of 2023, test was tiny and they had almost no actives and they were essentially a low sec faction warfare group at that point. The the comment right afterwards, the exchange between Balder and Asher is absolutely ice goddamn cold. It's, it's, it's pretty funny. Asher, it's incredible. So Balder responds, Balder responds with at Asher, no. And then Asher says, sorry, I'm at the ping everyone, but you, your, your, your discussion is not relevant. Your in, vote in this, is not relevant. To this vote is not relevant in this discussion. <laughs> so it's like, Hey, you know, and that's it. So essentially there's a conversation had about this. Now the, the, the controversial thing here was the cutting out of test because test was the found uh, arguably the founding member of the TTC. Billy was in test when it was created. And at that point, they were still getting funds. How much money was Tess making back in, in, in the February? Or how much were they making at this point, Billy? Do you know? So post-war, the there had been a conversation with Mitani where their cut had already been heavily reduced by two-thirds. Uh, so this was a kind of further cementing of the removal of Tess from that point. Uh, I believe, you know, I know Tess shares at that point was 17% of the cut. So they were taking 17% at, okay. at this time. All right. And so rolling down here, I have to say that this was funny. Uh, Naraus took quite a bit of exception to the idea of 
not only cutting test out who had joined Winterco uh, here, being on equal, equal notes, footing with B2, but putting them on equal footing with B2, who he really does not like, who he, he who he him? calls, we might be slightly less powerful comparing to the Imperium, but you introduce a combination of clueless clusterfucks and tag them <laughs> as an equal block. That's absolutely inappropriate. So <laughs> Norales was a little mad at the idea that that uh, that B2 would be brought in to the TTC. Now, Brave. Has Brave ever gotten money from the TTC? They've ancillar, ancillary, ancillary received income from the TTC through test, but not as a specific uh, receiver, let's say, of uh, TTT funds direct. Do you know what, what specifically they got from the TTT? At one come point, on, an entire it. cap fleet, so hundreds of No, 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 of no, no, come on, say it, come on, say it. You know what I want you to say. Staging system? Oh, they um, received, oh they, 12 bill a month for their Intel or something? Or no, 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 the, no, 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 the V oh. word. They received... Oh, Oh, value. value. Okay. Yeah, I, I forgot. I don't know all your old war memes. This like, is your quote. You fucking said it. You got to say yeah, it. Yeah, but it was said in a different context. Anyway, oh, come on. Value. Brave received value from the TTT, but it never actually received any cash. So if, if Asher had Correct. gotten his way, they would have, for the first time, been brought in and treated like a full fledged member of the organization and gotten a tier. What would a tier two cut have been? Do you recall? The tier two cuts were 17% at that time. All right, so that was 17%. So they would have gotten essentially test cut if they had been added in. But Norales if, if, if test had been removed no. and B2 had taken their share, uh, yeah, they would have got 17%. It's so, interesting to talk about that, though, ahead. because before this Asher conversation, I had brought up this topic with some of the other leaders, and we had had an open and honest conversation about who in B2 to take over. And the at the time, the thought had been it would be better to give that income to Volta and have them divide it through with their coalition versus Brave, just because of some of Brave's um, tendencies towards poor financial management, I guess. <laughs> Brave is poor financial management. Got it. Oh, Jinx now. Yeah, where, yeah where's Jinx? He's got to come. I haven't particularly us. interacted with Jinx, so maybe they would be much better, but... Uh, the discussion had centered more on putting it to Revolta, who had actually been paid by the TTT historically. So, uh. so essentially, what happens with Asher's proposal? It gets ignored. No, so quite the opposite. Everybody responds. Everybody puts, um, you know, some uh, input or provides some discussion about it, and then Asher never responds. So we just kind of wait there. And I obviously try to, in the back room, sort out the black flag issue with Rive. Uh, but everybody just kind of goes, yeah, we're like, obviously Norris voiced his concern about uh, removing test and bring it in. But for the most part, everybody was, I don't want to say a hundred percent okay with it, but there was absolutely room to have a discussion and make a new agreement if there had wanted to be one. That's why I put the logs out there. And so from that conversation on the 20th or on the 20, or I believe it was the 20th of February, through until just last week, Asher did not make any comments in that channel anymore. Is that right? Correct. He uh, he said right. in a Reddit post that he had chosen specifically not to speak in that uh, channel. He had checked the treaty to see if he had to speak or something. Um, so yeah, there, there was no further comments from Asher period. So, right. and that was my understanding. Up... I, having talked to Asher, he said he double checked that there was no requirement that, that they engage in conversation. So he simply went dark. 
And then, and then, the rest of the story. So, we come to June the 14th, 2023. And what do we have? We have patch notes from CCP right after the launch of the Viridian expansion, which happened the day before. This was a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We scroll down, and under structures and deployables, we see these magic words. No more Creep stars and Satoyos can no longer be anchored in high security space. Existing XL structures will be fully functional, however, once they have been unanchored or destroyed, they will not be able to be replaced. So as Americans woke up and were ready to celebrate raucously their flag day on June 14th, they got to celebrate doubly because Keepstars and Satoyos could not be anchored. Now, this was not in and of itself immediately damning to the TTT because they were grandfathered, right? It was, and flat out, it was the, the, the structures were grandfathered. They would not be going anywhere. They would stay and still be, and still be fully functional. You just couldn't add any more. Now, what happens next? Well, what happens next is almost immediately, and by immediately, I mean the next day, mm-hmm. Asher uh, announces. Was it the next well, day, I tell- it was like seven hours later. Well, it was, it was pretty close. So, so he, the post hit Reddit. Let me see here on Wednesday. Yeah, all right. So it was it was a couple hours after the post goes live. It hits Reddit on June 14th that and 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 Asher makes a ping that effective tomorrow the Imperium will be withdrawing from the TTC. Now, the reason for that, as I understand it, was the treaty required that if you were to leave TTT, you had to do it after a payout period. Is that correct? Not that I'm tracking, though. Okay. And this was before a payout period, not after one. So okay, all right. So I, my understanding was that the pay, payment period was like the fourteenth or the fifteenth or something, and that he was leaving right afterwards, so they would get the last payment. Now, do you know? Did the Imperium ever get its final payment? No. Is it going to get its final payment? Absolutely not. You son I'll of a bitch. I, I'm sorry. Like I was very clear. Like if you like, I you. I 100 would have actually paid the Imperium out its payment post that. Um, uh, announcement or whatever but i was like you got to talk to us and like tell us what we're going to do with all these other structures how we're going to like and just nobody talks so i'm like okay well i'm you know there comes a point when it's like you got to give people at least a little discussion and then like as i said i would have happily paid them out if they would have talked like you can pay me i'll give it to asher yeah hey listen 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 billy billy don't give it to him he's got blue loot that's all paid out to other entities now so but all right, well, I was right. with the shot. So, Villy, Villy breaks the TTT contract. <laughs> yeah, um, that's definitely how it is. That's, that's the spin. That's the spin. So, so Asher announces on, like, literally within hours of the announcement from CCP that the Imperium is going to be withdrawing from the TTC. Now, Villy, it's my understanding that you seem to think that potentially Asher got a heads up from someone about well i thought casimir had gotten a heads up so i'll I'll, I'll give the uh the timeline and my thoughts so before this announcement uh ccp had announced that uh they were changing the production tax methodology 
So the TTT like ownership group, whatever you want to call it, had for a long, a long period of time been holding on to a big pile of money and like was ready to drop down a couple new studios if the industry tax was ever changed so that you could actually, in theory, make money on it. Uh, that, that had been like a long-standing project I had kind of had ready in the back because obviously if something's broken forever, someday, five years from down the line, CCP might actually fix it. And this had been the expectation that one day CCP might actually fix the way you make production tax. And so as soon as the CCP had announced that one, I'd been like, oh, guys, okay, we're ready to do this. And the Imperium had oddly offered no um, no input at all. Uh, neither Kaz or Asher on that proposal. I'm like, I want to go drop some new structures like right away. This is great. We're going to have an opportunity to make a whole bunch of money. And I'm like, Imperium, are you guys good with this? You guys good with this? And there's nothing. And then obviously four or five days later, the CCP announces this. And then it's like, ah, no new Excel structures now today. And it's like, I see how you played it, boys. Okay. All right. Uh, now, obviously, yeah. Now here is the deal. I have talked to CCP. I have written permission to disclose some things to clear this up. And Mark is here and he and I are both on the CSM. The only way Kaz would have learned about this would have been obviously from the CSM stuff. So the True. earliest that there, I mean, we had had conversations over the last multiple CSMs and you were there for some of them about getting rid of the concept of the TTC, meaning there should be no keep stars allowed in high sec because everybody spent all their time focusing on the keep star aspect of it. And I, I always told them and said that keep star is not the thing. It's the fact that you have all of the big C, uh, all the big null sec alliances protecting it. That makes it what it is. But that argument well, always fell by the wayside and everybody was like, ah, it's sure. about the keep star. The earliest that we had heard that CCP was even considering doing anything was the end of March of this year when they mentioned mm -hmm. it in a meeting that, hey, we're thinking about this. What if we do this? How should we mitigate it? And I said, well, look, obviously you got to grandfather the structures that are there. And I think other people said similar things to that. But the earliest that we even heard that they were talking, we had no idea. There was, there was no confirmation that this was actually going to make it in until the week that it happened. And yeah, it, was like, it, was, it was like three or four dated, days before. Yeah, it was, I think yeah. we might've got it so on the exact the time 11. I was asking for feedback on it then. When you were asking for feedback, I believe it, we found out after you had asked for feedback. So if Kaz and those guys did not talk, it seems to me that that was 99.99999% the result of the Imperium not wanting to engage anymore because our ideas about getting rid of tests and all those guys had been rejected and it had nothing to do with the fact that these structures were going to go away. Because even if they weren't, it didn't matter. I mean, why Why not? You would want to drop, I would think. If you know that none of these else are going to be able to be dropped in a short time, you want, you want to drop them all so you can make money off of it. So it doesn't seem to me like it would make a lot of sense if he had, had heads up information not to say, hey, guys, yeah, you should drop these right away. Well, I mean, I, I think it's, I think you're looking at, I think it's, I think it's even not that deep. Like, and I, I again, listen, here, here's what I'll say. If they didn't have the information in clear, I'm fine to retract the, uh, the statement. I will apologize to Kaz. I apologize to Asher, but to be clear, I don't think the statements I made were particularly, um, not, uh, the, the logic does the logic follows very easily. Let's say. Uh, assuming the well, timeline I, you have, of is the course, same as what I, I had. 
any anytime anytime there's a major change and there's anything that happens around that change there's always going to be accusations that the cc the csm knew what ccp was going to do ahead of time and they had inside information they started moving stuff i remember i was accused true. of cornering the saber market before big changes years ago which obviously wasn't true because i don't do any market so, trading at all and you're right right and like i i always remember like as i was accused of this numerous times and uh I always remember, especially the Ignoit and Keepstar. So I don't know. I, I was challenged with this situation where I was a CSM, where I knew that Ignoit was going to have the possibility of going to become in trig space, Pochfin. And the Keepstar was still alive at that point. I was like, oh, we could save this Keepstar and have it go into Pochfin. And that is instantly going to become the, the capital of Pochfin, right? Because you'll be the only one with a Keepstar. You'll have a super cap fleet in there, all this stuff. But I'm like, I can't make that decision because I theoretically don't know, right? Like, so, you know, you had to keep it out of Poshman because I had to do what I would do if I hadn't known, right? So it, it's a very difficult uh, conundrum to be in sometimes. And, and you've got to choose the correct and ethical play. And obviously, uh, I, I, as I said, I'm fine to retract it if the CCP information backs what you said. And that, that doesn't particularly... I mean, if I, have to get, if I have to have Swift come out and, and flat out say it, I can. But the bottom no, no, line it's is... Fine. I, the I'm time, happy to the be time, The timing does not line up. We did not have enough expressed, expressed well, uh, heads up on it that it was actually happening for anybody to make any tactical decisions, I don't think. And frankly, one of the reasons why the CC was taken offline, at least as far as I can tell, was to make sure the stuff didn't like that, like that didn't leak. And even then, they even messed it up when they were trying to stop the leaks from Viridian, and we, as we talked about on the show two weeks ago, about how it ended up on, on Thunderdome instead. But at least something like that, that was a big deal. And I think CCP kept that very close hold, even from the CSM, to the extent, and I will say this, there was at least one NullSec CSM member that did not realize that this had even was even a thing until the day that it was announced, because he had missed the meeting. So I, I, at the end of the day, I, I, I'm telling you this right now, I, I think there's about a 0% chance that anybody had a heads up that this was coming really before it did that would have been able to take any actionable uh, impact on it. I, and and I, I, again, I, I don't want to. I don't think there was any real foul play on either side here. Like, I think straight up, if you're imagine you're Kazanir for a second, and you know, then Diplo, we did not know in March. We knew that they were talking about it. We did not yeah, know until like, well, because we get it happened that it was a hundred percent happening. We did not know we, in March. The CSM have talked internally about it for ages, like about what what the best plan forward is, and like Brisk wanted to die on the hill of like, ah, oh, the keep stars fine. It's just it's the principle of the thing. It's not. That's the keep what star. I said. And because it's other... not. It was never the keep star was never the thing. The, the whole the whole idea because there was a and, and I'll, we'll go over this when we get to the point about it blowing up, which is coming up uh -huh. soon. There was this whole argument, oh, you're never going to be able to kill a Keepstar in high sec because people are just going to Zerg stuff and it's going to be a die-die fest and it's going to be awful and it's going to be this and it's going to be that. It's going to be completely unkillable. Uh, listen, I've been, I've killed more than one unkillable Keepstar in my EVE career, okay? Uh, and I knew that it was not unkillable and it was completely killable, but what was protecting it was not the fact that it was a Keepstar or that Villy was an asshole and put five plates on it, you son of a bitch. But because what do you it was want me protected, to say? that's the standard. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> you made seven hours for that damn armor rep. The the point it was is not seven. It was like it five. was a long time. It was a, still that's a long time. But the point is, it it took it took all of Nullsec protecting this to keep it from getting fucked with. It was not the Keepstar itself. That was what I had already said. So anyway, and mm. it wasn't even just all of Nullsec. It was all of Nullsec plus like half of Lowsec at one point, and like a number of wormholers and like 
you know, all of the relevant high sec groups as well. It's not, uh, not even just I mean, a, I, a situation of just right. And I mean, yeah. if if I had a dollar for every unkillable keep star that I killed, I would have three bucks, eight dollars. Oh wow, you killed some unkillables. I did. I uh, I killed three of them in in rage. I killed four of them in NPC Delver. Everybody said, oh, you're never going to kill most key stars in NPC wait Delver. wait a second. Yes, I did. Uh, now and then wait, I killed wait, the TTT. On. I have $8 worth of unkillable keep stars on my kill mail, on my on my freaking Z kill. Yes. Yes, you know it's true. Anyway. I, well, I, I guess X47, that would that would probably count too, but I wasn't, uh, yeah, I was in those fights. So maybe I have, maybe I have $11. Maybe I have so well, rage was definitely considered an unkillable one for right. a long time. And there were three It was in not there. considered unkillable. Yes, yeah, so what do you fucking talk about? The name it, of the thing was unassailable wealth. Yeah, unassailable. It, it, it's a meme. It's a, you know, yeah, it's, That's it's what they joke. called it. Yeah, well, okay. Anyway. But yeah, okay. Just say yeah. it over and over again until your memes become reality, right? Correct. So essentially, <sighs> so what ends up happening? So to, to, to get, to make a long story short, and this has been a long story. Asher pulls out of the TTC, and then instantly everybody starts thinking, oh shit, now it's gonna die. Oh shit, now it's gonna die. True. Next up, FRT withdraws. They go out the next day on Thursday, but then they come back and say, well, no, we're not gonna pull out until goons get rid of their domain Satoyo because they have a high sex Satoyo. So we're not gonna go, we're gonna go and defend what happened. Uh, the, the armor timer. And so I, don't, I still don't know what happened with FRT uh, in regards to their being in or out of the TTC, but I guess they're out and then they're in and then they're out. But in the event, it never mattered because we had this lovely post from Gobbins talking about what he was planning on doing as a way to defend the TTT and to point out that goons don't understand our enemies inexperienced with high sec mechanics led them to make a little oopsie, which allowed us to put select war assist for the timers today. Their whole idea was that goons, because we were going to come and hit the armor timer of the TTC, they would go and attack all of our friends that were going to come along. And then that would make the fight against the main TTC even longer and harder. And it would be impossible for them to really defend it, except for just one thing, which is Gabas doesn't understand high sec mechanics as well as he thinks he is. And the first comment, the top comment from a gentleman named Sickler Rogue on Reddit says, so what happens when allies just no show for the armor timer? PH max forms to watch goons kill the TTT armor timer contested. Well, what's going to happen? Well, well. <laughs> that's what yeah. happened. So, Gobbins, in his infinite wisdom, knowing everything there is to know about high sec mechanics, here is a, a photo of him preparing for the fight. Knows everything about high sec mechanics. Gonna happen. The result was seven hours, well, five hours later, according to Villy. The armor it wasn't timer. Because the was like funny enough, the armor timer of the Titan was actually pretty reasonable. It was not like that bad compared to the uh, whole timer. Oh yeah. Oh man. So the result, and and finally, you know, finally, Gobbins admits, "Yep, we fucked up. We made a mistake because they pulled their allies back. The two Sodios when the system repaired 
All of the goons' allies had CTAs. However, their numbers turned out to be much lower than I expected, whereas were somehow really good. So instead of us getting a more even fight, it turned into a blobbing, the goons' allies into tethering, and all this stuff. And then, boom, the result was, hey, you know what? We should have timed our own assist versus goons to go in at the same time as the FRT one. That was a mistake in hindsight. And the result was the TTT armor timer, which should have been a massive blob, should have been a massive brawl, should have been a big-ass, big-ass fight, turned into nothing. It was uncontested. So the initiative refs the TTT on Wednesday night uncontested. The armor timer comes around. It is reft on Sunday uncontested. And that set us up for the final timer. Yeah. Which happened two days ago. Thursday night. Yeah, U.S. time zone. And here is the video. This is a four-minute video. We'll talk over it. But this is a video that was taken by Hollow Misses, put on YouTube. This is sped up. 4,500% because we were in sub 10% tie-dye this entire time. And what was the result? This timer, the hull timer on the unkillable, never can be disrupted, never can be destroyed, impossible to kill because it's high sec and there's, how do you kill a Keepstar without supers and a Sinojammer? Sorry, Billy, that was a cheap shot, I know. How do you kill? Uh, I, I mean, it was it was the the whole you guys could never kill uh, Keepstar without having a Sino Jammer and stuff. Oh, uh, that, yeah, that was I that. mean, that was that. we killed someone with so. a Sino Jammer, but yeah. yeah. And then you you also didn't without a Sino Jammer. Just oh you, my we, god! We, we, just saying. To be fair, yes, to be fair, yes, we, move we, on. To we be failed fair. in pretty spectacular fashion. Let's. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. M two was a thing. So everybody said this thing couldn't be killed, and not only was it killed, it was refed twice and killed in uncontested fights in high sec. And the TTT is now dead, dead, dead. Now, what happens next? I don't know. What do you think is going to happen next, Billy? I mean, you're, you're in charge. Tell me what, what, tell me what you think is going to happen next. So, so let's be clear. I was in charge of the TTT and I'm technically still in charge of that corporation, but the assets of that corporation are at this point, just a couple of remaining Sotillos. And for a long time, I've been looking forward to an opportunity to, to retire, let's say, from uh, that position. And this will definitely give me that opportunity. Although I will still have to ensure that the structures are appropriately either destroyed, unanchored, or taken care of so that uh, everyone's assets will be safe. Um, but it's important to remember, TTT isn't the only player in HiSec. There is a lot of I Choose You Citadels in HiSec. There are Sotillos everywhere. Uh, so my expectation is that the Imperium and Initiative will be fighting a interesting war in HiSec for the better part of probably the next month to go through, I choose to use like 15 Sotillos. Like he's, he's got a lot of them. There's like one in every region, if I remember. Um, so there'll be a fight over that. Um, obviously there's still three Sotillos remaining for the TTT and those will all probably die if I had to take a wild guess. Uh, and then that'll be it. And we'll move back into an environment where everybody and their mother has a trading Fortizar or Asbel in perimeter, and there'll be intermittent fights between the various entities controlling them. Uh, after a time, somebody will reach 
a consensus about the best way to do this, a new consortium of medium-sized alliances, perhaps backed by one or two large ones, will form, and they will begin making money again. The cycle will repeat, except they won't make nearly as much money as they did with me. How long do you think it's going to take before all the NullSec groups decide and recognize that it's time to go back and do what we were doing before and make all of our money this way? I mean, Mark, do you think so that that's I don't think thing? it'll happen. I, I don't, don't think, think it's all of the NullSec, I don't think the all of the NullSec groups will come back into the consortium the way they did. I, I honestly don't think the Imperium especially will particularly be interested anymore. I could be wrong. Um, but if I had good, to take but... a wild guess, uh, it'll be everyone but the Imperium maybe uh, doing it again, and the Imperium will just get tired of running ops into high sec to kill Asbels and Fortizars every uh, day. It's not particularly engaging gameplay, and the money we're talking about in a post-TTT world is somewhere in the range of like three to 400 bill total, if that. So we're, uh... we're definitely in a zone where um, the amount of money that we're talking about is uh, at least two magnitudes less, and it's going to be much trickier to hold with a lot of small structures, which means significantly more work. So if I had to take a wild guess, uh, at least the Imperium, possibly others, will just say this isn't worth the effort. I'd just like to say thank you, Twitch, to, for deciding in the middle of that to just run seven ads. Yeah, I've got eight. Thank you very much. Right now. Sorry about that, guys. It. We have no control over it, unfortunately. Anyway. Damn. Mark. Yeah, that's, that's rough. Yeah. yeah. What's your whole feeling about this? Because of, of all the people that I know who are huge anti-TTT fans, you are probably in the top three. So how do you feel today? I Besides like, cool because you're not wearing a shirt. That's true. It's Well, it's really, really hot here. I thought it was going to be cool today. Uh, it was not. And I, you know, I wear this fucking bathrobe all the time because it's a, you know, it's a good meme now, but this thing's heavy. I mean, it's, it's fucking thick anyway. Um, man, I don't know. It's like, I've always been of the opinion and I've made this clear, you know, both, uh, you know, last year during the campaign trail, uh, internally, you know, in, in our discussions as CSM, um, when talking to all of my own people that it is, I think the game is more interesting when people are shittier to each other and not like shitty in a way of like like irl shitty like i don't think i don't think people need to be you know causing other people irl stress but like the game is more fun when people are like not so friendly to each other and one of the things i i wanted i didn't say earlier on but i wanted to was that this idea that um you know at one point test and and pan fam and winterco and everybody came together for a, this war of extermination it's probably going to be kind of a, kind of a, a a hot take, but like that kind of shit is pretty cool. Like the fact that the game supports that kind of thing is pretty cool. Now you know this. I I don't really care how those kind of things turn out. It doesn't make a difference to me at all, right? But the game is more interesting when people are willing to shoot each other, and, and when, when people are are willing to put assets on the line and willing to put time on the line. Like one of the things that we talk about a lot in Wormhole Space, uh, me and you know, the, the select cabal of close people I, I keep nearby is that in the aftermath of Hard Knocks, who, uh, you know, that corp has more or less uh, closed down at this point. Um, there There isn't really the same kind of like, um, there's nobody else with that kind of momentum 
anymore. There's nobody else who does the same kind of things that they did. Uh, and that is, you know, some people like it more, some people like it less. I tend to lean towards liking it less. I think groups that are that are like that who have, you know, personnel and, you know, resources dedicated just to killing other people in game is really, really good. Uh, I think it makes the game healthier and more interesting. Um, so if this tower going down uh, has the 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 long-term effect of making these nullsec blocks less likely to diplo each other away from content, then I feel strongly that the support we've given to this initiative over the last year or two has been worth the effort. Uh, however, if, um, like our esteemed guest uh, predicts, it just opens up room for another you know, block or group of blocks to establish themselves in the same way that the TTC did um, and maintain that same kind of, you know, blue chokehold uh, on the game, uh, then I will gladly uh, and with fervor, with spirit even, uh, be the first person to call for the dissolution of those blocks as well. Um, I said it when uh, Shines left the Imperium. Uh, I said it when, you know, they broke up the the Southeast uh, a couple months ago. The game is better when people are willing to kill their neighbors. It sounds like a kind of insane thing to say, but like this is a game full of fucking sociopaths. So I'm not too upset about about that being labeled the guy who says that. So, so the funny thing is, I don't sure. disagree with you, and especially as someone who has been willing to play the villain, hmm. uh, I most certainly do not disagree with you. I think the unfortunate reality is, is that the mechanics that we are given by CCP determine and influence the way in which players will react. So if you give players a passive income source and the best way to interact with that passive income source is to split it and the option for not splitting it results in insane amounts of work in an environment which is not particularly fun, players will almost certainly choose the first option. They will choose to split it, right? So if, if CCP wants a different outcome, if you want a different outcome, then we need to get CCP to make changes to the way that these things work fundamentally. Um, it, it's not just a, on the player's situation. It's on everybody, right? The, the reason the TTT worked for so long is because the mechanics made it so. And, and just to mechanics... be clear, and just to be clear to, to Marky Mark, the fact that the TTT worked for so long did not mean that the members inside it didn't hate each other and want to fight wars all the time or weren't engaged in a war of extermination with each other at the time that they were making money off the thing. In fact, as, as I already, as we noted before, it kept the war going longer because at least one of the major players was able to actually fund their alliance when they had no other money coming in through the revenue from the TTC. So I don't know whether or not this is going to have a positive impact on stuff going forward. Cause I don't think it ever had a negative impact on the idea that we were all fighting each other. Yes. Villy and Gobbins and, and the Matani and others might have sat down and happily split the proceeds while arguably hating each other more than they ever did before. At the same time, nobody's going to look free money in the mouth, but it certainly didn't stop us from fighting each other at the time. And I don't think it's going to make it more likely that we fight each other in the future. I think these, the reality is, and I've, I've told CCP this because they never seem to get it. For the most part, 
in EVE Online, big groups do not fight other big groups because of money or resources or any of that shit. It all comes down to personalities. It all comes down to personal stuff. It's, I don't like this guy. This guy said something to me. This guy hit on my girlfriend in a bar or something. You know, this guy did something else to me. I don't like us. So we're going to go fight him. I mean, that that is what has been the, 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 the prime mover for most of the major NullSec wars over the years and had nothing to do with resources or money. But taking away the passive income that a lot of these big groups relied on after the loss of passive income when Moon's changed, I don't know if that's going to if that's going to be a net benefit. We'll find out in the future. We'll see. In my but opinion, it also comes down to not everybody needs to not blew each other up all the time. And and you know as much as we can all say yes, we agree. It's great, bad that blew all your neighbors. Um, yeah, people tend to do that a lot. In my opinion, the problem is that to run an alliance or a coalition at the scale to which the large alliances are run, and even smaller alliances, is incredibly expensive for the economic resources those alliances are given to run the imperium or to run panfam or any of these other groups cost hundreds of billions of isk per month to run an SRP problem costs hundreds of billions of isk per month so for these alliances to exist they need that level of income and that's like the baseline and that money has to come from somewhere they have to tax things and the more you tax or sorry, the more you need to pay, the more you need to do these industrial other activities that aren't out PVP, aren't out having fun to, to make that work. And it forces people to be chained to kind of the fields at home versus out there having fun to make their alliances run. And I feel like the loss of the TTT will just further exacerbate that problem. That's more time alliances are going to need to spend sitting at home doing boring industrial stuff, doing boring parchment stuff, doing boring... Uh, wormhole stuff, doing boring whatever to make money for their alliance versus just getting some money put in their cup that they can then spend on fun adventures, I guess you would say. I mean, I guess my, you know, for better or worse, my my answer would be to that, because it's a fair point, is that if it's, if you, if you, if you need something like the tower to generate the income to support mega blocks, then maybe don't have mega blocks. But you need well, that to as shines small the, alliances. Is as so, shines in the chat says, you can do it, but it requires you not being a coward. Love you, shines. It requires you there to you not go. be a coward. I don't really know what the implication of that is. Um, so the reality is what shine says is, yeah, you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. It just means you have to work that much harder. And the majority of alliance leaders in EVE are already working so hard, doing so many things, spending so many hours behind their computer, trying to keep their alliances run. Uh, it's just that much more work they have to put in trying to financially run those alliances. Because things like Sino Jammers and Jump Bridges and Fuel and Fuel Blocks and all these other things are not some minor concern at certain levels. And they, they need to be paid for, unfortunately. Right. Now, the final, the final denouement of this entire situation, and I have to say this is one of my absolute favorite parts of the ending of this story. And then we'll get out of here because we're, we're way over. And I know next week, uh, next week we're celebrating my son's birthday, and I believe it's also another feed around of, of the uh, Alliance tournament. So unless Mark wants to run the show himself, we're going to take the next week off as well. I'm casting uh, And then happy July 4th to everybody. There you go. So yeah, so. that was that was going to be a problem anyway. So we will see you in two weeks. So you get extra show today for that. Still the get. final denouement of this situation. So FRT pulls out of the TTC. The Imperium pulls out of the TTC. The one group 
that was left standing to defend it if they so chose was Pandemic Horde. So why didn't Pandemic Horde show up for the final timer to at least get some easy kills and mess with goons and Init and Brave and all the other groups that they had war decked who were shooting the Keepstar at, on the final timer. Well, here is the story. Our dear Pensive Peach himself, Mr. Gobbins, chose not to defend the final Keepstar timer. Why? Because our friends in Strybog reft the Horde Scarcon Fortizar with a timer that came out eight minutes after the final Keepstar timer of the TTT. So Horde had to decide whether they wanted to save their precious, Gobbin's precious, precious Scarcon structure, one of the last ones that they own in Pochvin, his favorite place, because there is nothing our friend Gollum, I mean Gobbins, loves more than his precious <laughs> in Scarcon. And instead of coming to the TTT to mess with us on the final timer, they went and saved the Scarcon structure, which I have to say is, wow. I don't know. I, I have to, at some point we have to have, go, I mean, go, I mean Goblins on the show. It makes yeah, I mean, yeah. not to save the armor timer of a Ford versus trying to save the whole timer of a Keepstar in a situation where almost certainly the whole timer is going to die. You know, so it, I know. I just, was, I, I just thought it was, it was, it was, it was very cute that, again, and I noted this before, and I will continue to note it because it amuses the hell out of me, having spent so many times arguing with people about how the structure was unkillable because it's a keep star in high sec, that this thing died. Not only did it die, it didn't die with a bang; it died with a whimper, and the the potential ending, the potential maybe we could get a good fight out of this, didn't happen because Horde went to Pochvin instead or they are desperately trying to make fetch happen and have been for years now. So I'll tell you, listen, and, and this is the last con real comment I have about all this, the whole, this whole drama. I agree with Seema, uh, the comment that he made on Reddit the other day, that if nothing else, if nothing else, the tower has given people something to do when at a time when there is really is not a whole lot to do. It's the middle of the summer there's not a whole lot going on. We've got AT feeders that are just now starting to kick off, you know, aside from, a, you know, some very slight regional drama. This was something that everybody was talking about. It was in the news. Everybody had something to say about it. And, you know, when it, when it went down, I mean, there were, you know, what, like 3000 people in local in perimeter when it happened. I mean, I know I was there uh, like th that. These kind of things matter to the game. I think, like these kind of things make a difference because stuff like this is the kind of stuff that people talk about. And as social a game as Eve is, it's important that there are things for people to talk about. So yeah, I you know it, yeah it it is what it is the passing of a giant or whatever it is, but like it's cool that these things can still happen in a game after you know twenty goddamn years. So I am I'm glad that it is gone. I've, I've priest that was gone, um, but you know when something like that happens, it's know one less thing i guess out there the, the to really make people talk about so there you go 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Meta Show for June the 24th, 2023. We discussed the rise and the fall of the TTT. We were joined here by TTT CEO and Imperium Nemesis Villi. Thank you for coming on the show, my friend. I appreciate the fact that you did that. I know this was potentially walking into a nest of vipers, but I think we treated you fairly. I hope you think we treated you fairly. I have always said, and I've said this throughout the day, the Imperium has a variety of really great players. There's some people I really don't like in here that have, whatever. Uh, but, you know, like any organization, it's full of great people. And I will say this the same, as I've always said it, I'll happily be continue to be your villain so you guys can have your heroes. And I wish you all the best. There you go. Mark, any, any final words before we get out of here? Uh, man, I don't know. I'm, I actually like Billy a lot. I was in test back in 2018, maybe something like that. I so obviously like, missed that on the background check or you would not be yeah. co-hosting the show. I'm just, yeah, saying. I mean, I, I really, I really was, I was in, uh, I was in, um, testing the long, long ago. Uh, you know, it was the, it was the test was probably the reason why I came back to Eve after having not played for like a decade. Uh, I've, I didn't obviously stick around, but like, I don't know, I have a soft spot for it. So you're all right, Billy. You know what? You're okay in my book. That's what I have to say. You're all right. Fair enough. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, again, this has been the Meta Show for June the 24th. 24th, yes, 2023. I'm Brisker Ball. Joined alongside Mark Resurrectus and Billy. Thank you all for watching. Programming note next week, as I noted, July 1st, I will be at a ball game. My son turns 13. I will have a teenager in the house on Monday, July 3rd. So we're going to be celebrating his birthday on that Saturday. We will not be here. And then we'll be selling America's birthday, celebrating America's birthday on this on this Tuesday, the July 4th. We will see you guys the week after. July 8th will be the next meta show. Thank you all for watching, and you stay classy, New Eaton.